Good afternoon. My name is Grant Cohn. This is Alan Poupart, who is uh, the editor of All Dolphins with Fan Nation. I'm the editor of All 49ers. I asked him to come on the show today, uh, give us some of his time just to answer some of my dumb questions about the Dolphins, because frankly, I don't know the Dolphins very well. I've tried to learn about the Dolphins. I know Mike McDaniel. I know Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, but here's a real living expert. Alan, how are you? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing great. You don't know about Trent Sherfield and River Crewcraft either? Come on. I know them very well. I, I actually hung out with, I think, Trent Sherfield's uncle on the road. Oh, nice. I saw someone at the hotel bar wearing a Sherfield jersey, and I'm thinking, he's got to be in his in his family. I don't know <laughs> I don't know anyone that'd just be walking around Cincinnati with a Trent Sherfield jersey. Anyway, nice family. Eddie, thank you. Oh, I like it. I like it. All right. I got six questions for you, and uh, take your time or answer however you'd like. The first question is about the, Niner, is about the Dolphins' offense. It's, uh, Niner fans are envious of it. It looks really fun and explosive. What is the biggest strength of the Miami offense? Speed. I mean, holy moly, speed. Um, and it starts with Tyreek Hill, duh. And here's the thing is, you and I have been following the, following the NFL for a while, watching from our vantage point, you know, kind of knew Tyreek Hill is fast. Watching him in training camp, the second you see him on the field and when he decides to turn on the Jets, it's like, Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, it's a different kind of fast. And I know one of your coaches alluded to it. I don't know if it was D'Amico Ryans or, or if it was Shanahan this week or maybe both. It's a different kind of fast. I mean, it's insane how fast he is. And if you don't think that creates all sorts of possibilities for the Dolphin offense, uh, all sorts of nightmares for opposing defenses, and then you have Mike McDaniel, who, as you well know, is a pretty sharp guy, and it opens up all sorts of possibilities with everything he can do. And the Dolphin wide receivers have been running open, wide open, the entire season down the field. And I know you you hear a lot about – and here's the thing, and this is a conversation that's always uncomfortable for anybody to have in Miami because Tua fans are so protective. It's it's really crazy, actually. Hey, Jimmy fans are the same way out here. We, we, we get it. I, I cannot for the life of me. I don't mean to be dismissive and be that guy. But I can't, for the life of me, imagine anything remotely as bad as down here. If you say two or through like 25 awesome passes in a row, the 26 was maybe a little bit off. Oh, okay. you're a leader. What's wrong with okay, you? Okay, okay. So he's it's, untouchable right now. He's untouchable right now. For, for okay. his fans. Fair enough. Still some, there's still some who will tell you he sucks and he's just he's a completely a product of the offense, which okay. is unfair because okay. here's the thing. It's the perfect marriage. Um, of the quarterback who's a, Mike McDaniel himself this week says he's a great point guard. Got That's it. what he is. Distributor. And, correct. And yeah. I, I made this point here in the Dolphin media room and I got somebody give me a weird look and I explained it and you tell me if how crazy I am. In terms of speed, he's a point guard who's got Michael Jordan on one side and Kobe Bryant on the other wing. Oh, nice. With, with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wallace. So what nice. they're doing is they're running deep crossers, deep slant, and they're open by five yards all the time, and two is getting the ball there. See, what I wanted to ask you was when they when they brought Tyreek Hill in, a lot of people nationally were like, okay, but does Tua have the arm to get it to him? So how are they not just doing straight go routes up the sideline? How are they making it work on the downfield throws? No, they're not They're not doing straight. And, and here's the thing, and this is where, again, whichever Miami fans see this, I apologize. But this, this, all these stats that say like Tua is the best deep passer in the history of the NFL, because deep passing includes like either 20, 15 to 20 yards, he'll make that throw all day. And his guys are wide open and he'll get it to them all yeah. day. 
when he's gone over the top, I would challenge you. There has not been one pass to Tyreek Hill where he Hill hasn't had to slow down or come back for it. Oh, not okay. one. Okay. Um, and Hill has made a couple of plays where he's actually literally come back, jumped over two defenders and made the catch, and boom, forty yard reception, and it go it looks great onto his stat sheet. Uh, and and the funny part is when he's gone over the top to Waddle, those throws have been on the money. So it could be that he's synced up with the with Waddle's speed, and he just still has not realized just how fast. Tyreek is, and in, instead of throwing it five yards ahead of him at the time of the throw, he needs to throw it 10 yards ahead of him. Um, but this is what they've done. is basically, it's deep slants. The amount of passes they've completed, 15 yards to 20 yards down the middle of the field with guys, literally, if you've watched the CFL where they have the halo when they return punts of like, it's like it's three yards all around. Yes. That's what you see. There's nobody around. Got it. Uh, and they've made a killing off of that the entire season. So he's throwing into wide open spaces. Got it. Okay. And, and but again, I, I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss him. He's right. been accurate. They're, they're leading his receivers, been, right? There yeah. have not been a ton of tight window throws. And he doesn't really have the arm strength to pull those off. So, so they're it's it's a good. Uh, it, I mean, from my vantage point, I mean, it looks like he's throwing a Nerf ball. It looks like there's a parachute attached to the ball, which is nice. It's catchable, um, but it's not like he's going to oh, drive oh, it between four hater, defenders. You're a hater. I'm man. a hater. I'm sorry. I'm, hey, he's better than Jimmy G. It's the way I look at it. Sorry, Niner fans. Real quick, Adam has a question about the Niners. He says, how serious is Trent Williams' back injury? Kyle Shanahan just spoke. He says it's back spasms. Uh, he said he spoke to the offensive line coach. He said it's big man problems. I guess what they said is it happens. You just don't want it to happen on a Sunday. So they're optimistic that it'll be fine by Sunday, but they listed him as questionable. They don't really know. So that's your answer. It should be okay. It's not great, but it could be worse. I guess it's the Trent Williams situation. All right, next question. What is the Dolphins' biggest? What is the Dolphins' biggest weakness on offense? From afar, it looks like they don't have one. Well, no, they do, and here's and it could come into play right now. Their biggest weakness is they lack depth on the offensive line, and you mentioned Trent Williams, which is yeah. very topical because the Dolphins have their own injury issue with their stud left tackle, Teron Armstead, mm. who sustained a pectoral injury late in the second quarter against Houston last Sunday. Um, it's a strain, not a tear, which is good news. It means he's not out for the year. Mike McDaniel has refused all week to rule him out for the game. He's listed as doubtful to play on Sunday. And with a pectoral strain, do you really want to take the risk of putting him in there if he's on a percent and, and aggravating the injury? I I've never heard of a player being listed as doubtful and then playing. I've no, I don't understand even why they have the designation, but okay. That's right. Cool. Well, yeah. they got rid of probable because if somebody remember, it's remember the same thing. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I miss, by the way, quick sidebar. What I miss about those, if you recall, they used to have the designation Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yes. The probable, doubtful, questionable. That was yes. they used to do it every day of the week. Now they just do it Friday. Anyway, right. I digress. Well, here's the thing: is so Teron Armstead, complete stud. The Dolphins signed him to this big free agent contract. The only issue with him is he's got an injury history. A lot of it is bad luck. Same with Trent Williams. Okay. First game, yeah. game of the year, suffers a toe injury. He's been on the injury report every week since that, but he's been able to okay. play, except he left the game in the first quarter of the Jets game. This was the week after Tua had the concussion on that Thursday night game. Mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater started, got quote-unquote concussed, <clears throat> really. Uh, they put Skylar Thompson in, and if the rookie seventh-round pick's job's not, not tough enough as it is, Armstead leaves the game in the first quarter as they're aggravating the injury, and all of a sudden the pass protection can't hold up. Okay. 
Armstead sits out week six against Minnesota. Uh, Thompson and Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater play. They got sacked, I believe, a combined six times again. And yep. when they weren't sacked, they were being hurried all over the place. Against Houston on, on Sunday, this is a great stat. In the four games before Sunday, Tua was sacked a total of three times. No. In the three series he played after Armstead left Sunday against Houston, he was sacked four times. Okay. And eventually they took him out of the game because, A, they had the game under control, and, B, he's going to get killed out there. So yeah. the, they haven't shown they can protect the quarterback without Armstead. And he likely won't play Sunday. That's the biggest weakness. And it seems like if your biggest weapon on offense is the crossing routes to the fast wide receivers 15 to 20 yards down the field, even though they run 4-2, it takes a little time to run from mm -hmm. here all the way across the field. So if you don't have time, you can't do that. So that'll be interesting to see if they, if they can pull that off. Correct. And they may switch like quick slants because you can see a lot of wide receiver screens. Sure. Um, so sure. They'll I think they'll adjust because McDaniel's a brilliant coach. But they're going to be limited in what they can do if they can't, if the protection can't hold up for more than three seconds. Yeah. Well, just listening to Nick Bosa talk, I mean, they know the they know the defensive game plan. It sounds like what the Niners are going to do is play aggressive press man coverage, even though they could get burned, and try to take away the quick stuff, and hope that you know if Miami responds by going downfield, that the Niners' pass rush will take care of that. Not sure if it will, but without Teron Armstead, it's possible. Another question. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say that that's a dangerous. Uh, I don't know if you want to cover. That's what I'm saying. Man, man to man. Saying. <laughs> but if they start playing back, if it seems like a lot of teams are just backing off the Dolphins. And yeah, it's like, totally. okay, well, Tua will dice you up and, and complete 75. Mm -hmm. I mean, he almost wants you to do that. So yep. see if the, how, how aggressive and confident the Niners are. They have some guys in the secondary you could, you could go after with, you know, Waddle or whoever. Let's talk about the defense because it's, I know it's not nearly as good. What is the biggest strength about this Miami Dolphins defense? It's uh, a good question. They have, <laughs> they have, no, they've been spotty. They've, they've had they haven't established one? Well, the strength is the way the way their defense is built is the cornerbacks with Xavier Howard on one side and Byron Jones on the other. Well, Jones hasn't played all year. Right. Then, then so they've had the, the, the current starter is a rookie free agent, Cater Kahu, from Division II Texas A&M Commerce, who, by the way, looks like he's going to be a keeper okay but there are certain times when you where he's a rookie who gets beat um sure. right now probably their their strength is after the acquisition of bradley chubb at the trade deadline is now they have a a pass rushing trio of chubb melvin ingram who's played really well lately and jalen phillips their first their second of two first round picks last year so that would do, be do, 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 does any of the three uh, rush from the interior like do they get all three on the field at the at same time, time, at times they'll move. Okay. They'll put Phillips inside. He's a guy who'll move inside. Oh, cool! And then they rotate the three outside. Okay. Okay. So it's a, it's a, it's an improving, impressive pass rush with Chubb here. Uh, it was good last week, but they played Houston. So, and, and Houston, Houston, not good. Jeez, um, that's the nicest so, thing you can say about this defense. Well, and you said it doesn't play particularly well on the road either, does it? No. Here, here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. The the five lowest point total, sorry, the six lowest point totals they've allowed this season all at home. The Jeez. five highest all on the road. Uh, and they won games at home with the defense. They beat New England in the opener 20 to 7 with the defense mm. scoring a touchdown. They beat Buffalo in week three. That's the defensive win. They won 21 19. Buffalo had almost 500 yards, but still only 19 points and couldn't get in the end zone. And then the Sunday night game against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, if you saw that game, they won 16 to 10. Uh, yeah. So the defense has contributed at times, but it's also been, like I said, it's been spotty. 
They gave up 32 points against Chicago and got bailed out by a no call on what looked like a pretty obvious defensive pass interference penalty. Late in the game, they gave up 27 points against Detroit. So they have to show that the defense actually can travel. And maybe it'll be different now that they have Chubb, who they didn't have. Oh, no, actually, sorry. They did have Chubb against Chicago and Detroit. So in those two instances, it didn't make that much of a difference. Who's the defensive coordinator? What's your feeling about him? It's Josh Boyer, uh, who is a holdover from last year. Okay. Uh, and the scuttlebutt is that the organization kind of lean on Mike McDaniel to keep him as his defensive okay. coordinator. Um, oh, okay. And then Mike, Mike, it's interesting because McDaniel is at his introductory press conference. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reference the 2020 game the Dolphins played at San Francisco where they won 43 to 17 where they completely ah. dominated defensively, although Jimmy G was hurt, and then it was C.J. Beathard, as well, I recall they, correctly. They so, did. I mean, they they injured Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess he came in. He came yeah, in I guess he was hurt. He came in a little hurt. That's true. That is true. That is they true. But they kicked his ass. They aggravated him in more ways they did. than one. They did. I mean, that was – I don't know if you remember this, but that was such an ass-kicking. Jed York left at halftime yep. and was stopped by the police for driving the wrong way down a one-way street. They were like, sir, sir. Sir, I mean, know it's your stadium and your street, but please follow the, the rules of the law, uh, of the road. Yes. Very funny. Anyway, first games uh, these teams played since then. That was the Brian Allen game. We, we uh, remember that as the Brian oh, Allen yeah. game. It wasn't he even was the corner. The corner who was, yeah, oh picked off the street, yeah. Um, and it was one, it was the next to last start for Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick before they pulled him in favor of Tua. I don't think he missed that day. He might have had a 130 passer rating. He looked, he did. I mean, he was great. Yeah. All right. What is the Dolphins' biggest weakness on defense? And you can just pick one. Um. Well, yeah, but it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply for this game. I mean, and it's kind of silly because it it, it kind of applies to a lot of different teams. Is if they they haven't been able to handle scrambling quarterbacks. Um, oh, okay. Okay. I mean, Lamar Jackson burned them for a seventy-yard touchdown run. Niners in the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's couldn't know, contain Justin Fields. They gave up a like. Yeah. The, the record, I think, was 178 yards. Yeah. But you play a lot of men in, in, in the secondary. Your, turn, uh, your back is turned to the quarterback. He takes off, and it's like takes a They play a lot of men. They do play a lot of men. Um, so outside of that, again, everything else has been spotty. The pass rush has come and gone. The run defense has come and gone. Although I will say this. No, the run defense, for the most part, has been very good. Outside of the big runs by Lamar, by Justin Fields, by Dalvin Cook, when they lost against Minnesota, but this was a case where late in the game, they needed a stop. So they bunched everybody to the line and Dalvin cook cracked the line. And once he did, there was nobody else back there. Outside of that, they've done a very good job against the run. So well, it'd be more pass rush and pass defensive. Than the teams that play man coverage are doing a decent job against the Niners this year. I want to say, because Debo's not beating man coverage. Kittle's not beating man coverage. I, you can, Ike's really good, but you put Xavier Howard on him. He won't necessarily win every time. I mean, he went up against Paulson Adebo last week, and Adebo played really well. So uh, if you can play man coverage, all of a sudden, here's when you know Jimmy Garoppolo's in trouble. He gets hit a few times in the first quarter, starts patting his feet and patting the ball. It's like, uh, uh, that can, And when you play good man coverage, you can take away his first read, take away the quick throws, because he doesn't want to hold the ball long. He's been hurt a million times. He wants to get rid of the ball. Fa- I'm, I don't know if two is the same way, but. Jimmy wants to get rid of the ball. Force him to hold it for two, three seconds. He's, you can sort of see the, the sweat start to drip off his eye, off his brow. It's not what he off wants to do. Beautiful face, guy. Woo. Yeah, he wants face. to be clean. He wants to play clean, pretty football. And once you rough him up and make him hold the ball, he doesn't like it. One thing that's interesting about uh, 
the Saints last week, Dennis Allen in the red zone. He was dropping eight in coverage, only rushing three, and Jimmy couldn't make him pay. I think it's a tell the people in Miami they should try that. Because if you're if you're dropping people used to do it against Drew Brees. If you're gonna drop eight, I mean, you're kind of inviting the guy to run, scramble, do something. Jimmy's just gonna stand there and throw yeah, it into the underneath cover. Yeah. He's just gonna flood the underneath zone, Jimmy will throw it into it. I, I don't root against the 49ers. I just want both teams to be properly, properly prepared. All right, I got another question. Uh, no, right, let ahead. me make a quick point. It's funny because you mentioned Jimmy G. Uh, wanting to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah. With Tua, the opposite has been, because you you referenced Tua, the opposite has been true. Oh. Tua is the guy who always wants to make something happen on every play. Oh. And this is what's gotten him in trouble, both in terms of bad decisions and when he, when he sustained a concussion in the Thursday night game uh. against Cincinnati, if you recall. Do you remember uh. the play? He had yeah. all day to throw. Yeah. And kept hanging on the ball, kept looking down the field, and eventually the big defensive tackle came up to him, and Tua thought he could just juke him. And the guy got, grabbed a hold of him and swung him around. So, and yeah. the point of emphasis with Tua has been, if the play's not there, just chuck it out of bounds. Don't take chances. And he did that last week. I actually asked their, their QB coach, Daryl Bevel, how much he liked that play because it showed a sign of progress. And he goes, that was one of my, my favorite plays of the game. I've been, I mean, we've all been watching Tua since college, and it seems like he's had these inju- he had an injury issue. He had an injury in college. And it seems like he thinks he's more athletic than he is. He thinks he's Kyler Murray or something, and he can run away from people. But he, I mean, he's not a he's a good, he's a better athlete than Jimmy, of course, quick feet. But I don't know if he's gonna run away from Nick Bosa. Be careful, Tua. No, he's not. Be careful, Kyler can. I don't know if Tua can. No, no, correct. And, and he doesn't. Again, you have to have one of the two. You have to yeah. have some bulk, or you have to have some like I don't want to yeah. say crazy athletic ability, but like way above average athletic ability. He doesn't have either. That's why he. Tua has to beat you with with his mind, his eyes, quick decisions, and his accuracy. It's not going to beat you physically. But it seems like he does have quick feet and he can reset well yeah. in the pocket and stuff yeah. like that, as opposed to Jimmy, who has the heaviest feet I've ever. I, maybe it's just because I've. You watch Tua every every day. I watched. I've been watching Jimmy every day for like six years. Like it's just. It's like you've been having the same dinner every night. It's like I've had enough, man. I've he's seen 40 it. And 19, he's forty and nineteen. I've seen it. You take him. You take him, man. I don't want – anyway, he is, no, though. I, Good for him. Can't take that away from him. No, Can't take that away from him. You're aware of that because that, that's a big talking point here. Like oh, yeah. Dolphins are 8-0 and when Tua starts and, and ends. And finishes, yeah. Which, which omits the fact that, as I mentioned before, Armstead missed a, a game in three quarters during the, the three-game losing streak. And yeah. also, they had a quarterback change in each of their three losses. Right. Oh, and by the way, they also didn't have a defensive takeaway in any of those three losses. But that's so it's not just a two effect, right? Got it. I mean, seriously. And for, exa- right. for example, against I'm sorry, I mean, don't mean go ahead. Like, in week six against Minnesota, which was a Teddy Teddy Bridgewater loss, uh huh. They were rallying to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Bridgewater was on fire, completing everything, mm. and then Jalen Waddle fumbles. But was they're about to take the lead, fumbles at the Minnesota 30 yard line, and they wind mm. up losing. And that's okay. a Teddy Bridgewater loss. So I, I hate, I hate, I hate the one loss, one loss Fair when it comes to right. Because it, it bugs me too with the Jimmy Garoppolo win loss. It's like, come on, like he's just single handedly dragging the Niners to. That's not what's happening. Right. I got a question about Mike McDaniel. Niner fans are really they miss him. He was here. He's gone. The offense is not really looking so great this year in, in San Francisco and in, in Miami. It looks just so great. And one thing with the Niners' offense is. Kyle often has a good script. He often moves the ball well in the first half, gets a lead, scores points. 
After halftime, especially if it's a team that's not in their division, it's like nothing. They scored three points after halftime last week. And so adjustments have been a thing. And I think a lot of people are wondering, hey, did the adjustment maker go to Miami? So I want to ask you, what are McDaniel's uh, mid-game adjustments? How have they been so far this year? Well, if I'm thinking off the top of my head, I mean, they score on their first drive of the second half almost like, I mean, like clockwork. And then wow, even though he's not in charge of the defense, the defense also stiffens. I know like they they had a couple of games, not the four-game streak that the 49ers have of not allowing a point in the second half, but they had a couple of straight games where they were bad in the first half. And they would like Detroit, for example, they got 27 points all in the first half. Mm. So they tightened it. I think against Pittsburgh also they gave up only 10 points, but all in the in the first half, nothing in the second half. So mm. yeah, no, they've been very good in terms of the of the, the, the halftime adjustments. And again, like I said. I don't know the stats. I don't have them in front of me, but I would tell you the Dolphins score on their first drive of the second half more often than they don't. See, that's interesting. I, I'm not going to ask Allen for his prediction because he's going to—he uh, hasn't—he hasn't given it yet, and he's going to publish it on his own platform as he should. Um, I'm picking the 49ers to win this game, but if anyone were to pick the Dolphins, I think a big reason would be trust in McDaniel, feeling like Miami has the better coach. He's going to make. He, they they both might might have good plans since they know each other, but McDaniel's going to be the one that reacts better during the game. I think if you were to pick Miami, this would be a reason because frankly the Niners' offense just hasn't been the same without him. And again, I'm picking the Niners to win this game because I think their defense is legit, legit, legit. No, but this and, is a big test. No, and I agree with you. And I had like somebody else want another podcast that I'm, I'm a regular guest on want to poop with the 49ers defensive stretch because of the opponents. And I'm like, don't, don't play that game because the dolphins have been really good on offense the last few, few weeks against Chicago after the trades of Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, Detroit, which is horrible on defense, Cleveland, who, which can't stop the run in Houston, which is, which is a horrible team. So I don't want to play that game. The first go defense is legit. The dolphin offense is legit. Yeah. My biggest thing is how in the hell are they going to deal with, Teron Armstead not being there. And I have I have so much faith in Mike McDaniel's creative genius that I'm confident he's going to find a way to make it work yeah. and adjust again. But they won't – what they've been living off of have been those 15, 20-yard passes down the middle. I don't see the, them being able to do that very often. It's going to have to be a lot more um, – a lot more yeah. slow and slowly. And then also weather might be a factor. I think it was – That's a, true. 50, yeah. 60, 60% chance, 60% chance of rain. Yeah. It's tough to hit those passes over the middle over Fred Warner. He's six, three. He plays, he's got great instincts. It's just very difficult. No, I, so I agree. It, it, and it seems to me this game's going to come down to Nick Bosa versus the Dolphins plan to block him because I, you, people talk about Jimmy Garoppolo's win loss record. What about Bosa's Bosa has a much bigger impact on games and wins and losses than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I the, the Niners, when he plays are there, they usually win. So this is what they have him for to take advantage of situations, backup uh, tackles like this. That being said, McDaniel's been around Mick Bosa for a long time. He should have a plan. And frankly, Bosa isn't like Andy Reid makes him a liability. He's done it multiple times because Nick Bosa, I've never seen someone charge up field faster as a pass rusher than him. He gets so much speed and power uh, in his first two, three steps. You can use that against him. You can use it against them on run plays and screens and jet sweeps, and Andy Reid does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Mike, if Mike McDaniel can do it, but he's smart enough and he's seen it. So, be interesting. 
uh, like I said, um, when the schedule first came out, and this, mind you, this is the, the start of a three-game stretch for the Dolphins where they're at the 49ers, at the Chargers, at the Bills. Mm. Uh, it's a season-defining stretch. And at the beginning of the season, I'd have told you there's no way they're winning at San Francisco. And now my belief in Mike McDaniel is such that I, I easily could see them winning. I'm not sure they will, but I easily could see them winning. Yeah, I'm picking the Niners 2017. It feels like a coin flip game. The Niners are three or four point favorites in Vegas. Okay, so if, it, if this were being played in Oklahoma, it'd be you know a pick'em game. Mm-hmm. Two teams, and I don't think people really know which one's better. And I think that's why it's so intriguing. After this game, we'll have a much better idea of where each team is. One team will look for real, and one team won't, or it'll just be a very close game. I don't know. I, but here's, here's what I would tell you, though. I think to me, and I don't know, I can't speak for the 49ers. To me, this is one of those games. Where and and for beyond win 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 or loss in the standings, where the Dolphins have so much more to gain than they have to lose, because of wow. the circumstances where if they right. win, it's a gigantic win on if the road. They, no, Teron Armstead, absolutely. And if yeah. they lose, it, yeah, hey, hey, you know we're on the road. No, Teron Armstead. Sure. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. And can you imagine? Can you fathom how much pressure is on Kyle this week? Mike McDaniel yeah. coming to town. That was your protege, and all of a sudden he's going to come to your stadium in front of your owner and your fans and potentially show you up. Ooh, that was a good week for you to display all your creativity. If you've been holding something back, Kyle, this is this is the week. Show it. Yeah, no, and I, I, know, I don't think McDaniel's going to hold back. I don't know about Shanahan, but McDaniel was trying really hard to downplay the significance of his return to San Francisco um, this week, and you you know you know deep down he wants that game bad. Yeah, and you know, Kyle Shanahan's underlings have been very successful in the league, but he tends to beat them. 8-1 and against Sean McVay, 3-1 and against Matt LaFleur. Maybe there's a little bit of a psychological big brother thing going on. I don't know. We'll see what McDaniel's got. I think McDaniel's ready, though. I don't know. Well, the, 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 yeah, the, the McVay thing is, is mind-boggling. Yeah, it's, it's got to be like psychological at this point. Yeah. I don't know. Alan, thank you very much for coming on the show. This was great. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. All right. Have a good one. Take care. I'm going to take. I'm going to hang out here and take some comments and stuff, but you can go. All right. Have a good one, man. Take care. That was Alan Poupart. All, all, all Dolphins, Fan Nation. Check him out. Works for the same place I do. He's si.com slash NFL slash Dolphins. He does a great job. Been around a long time. OG on the beat. Splendiferous says, Niners are starting to love Grant. Can Kyle call you Iggy? You think Kyle's starting to love me? I disagree. John Mitchell says, Grant, what happened to the merch? Love your show. Uh, QC merch, 49ersqcmerch.com. It still exists. Check it out. Matt Sanders says, over under 0.5 fumbles from Jeff Wilson Jr. Ooh, that's, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I do think that's why the Niners traded him. I think the Niners uh, blamed him for the loss in Denver. He fumbled at the end. The game was over. But he fumbled at the end. And then he fumbled early on against Atlanta. They returned it for a touchdown. I think Kyle blamed him. So, I don't know. They they stripped Kamara twice last week. Let's see if they can get him too. Three of the last four games, Finn scored two TDs in the third. Aren't you envious? Aren't you envious of a coach who can put together a script for the second half, not just the first? All right, that's the show. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow with the cone phone. See you then. Thanks for watching.